God's grace and his mercy, right? We, we, we need of it every day, every hour, every second, as we continue reminding of what justice demand that we shall surely die because of our sin. The ways of sin is death. Yeah. death. But um, grace says otherwise, right? Grace said someone has paid the price for us that we get eternal life. And so um, just a reminder of God's grace and God's mercy. This morning, we're going to continue in our study in the book of Romans. If you have a copy of God's word, we're going to go to Romans chapter 8. Today, we're going to be focusing on verses 3 and 4. Romans chapter 8, verses 3 and 4. Romans is found in what testament? New Testament. Who wrote the book of Romans? Oh. Alright. I'm going to start off with verse 1, but today we're going to verses on, focus on 3 and 4. Romans chapter 8, starting at verse 1. There is therefore now no condemnation. Actually, in the Greek, the word no is first. So it's like no there and it goes on to be no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus for the law of the spirit of life if you have a King James it goes on to say about the spirit in the body I mean spirit in the flesh verse 2 for the law of the spirit of life has set you free free in Christ Jesus from the law of sin and death for God has done what the law weakened by the flesh cannot do by sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh and for sin, he condemned sin in the flesh in order that the righteous requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us who walk not according to the flesh, but according to the spirit. Some of you all are new to this and might have never heard someone preach this test before. Um, just stick with me, bear with me. Um, and as the spirit guides me, I pray that I can bear this explain God's word or put God's word before you properly this morning. So uh, let me pray for our time at the preaching and as you pray for me as well. Our Father God, Lord, we thank you, Lord, for your grace and your mercy and your goodness and your, um, towards us. Lord, let me preach your word faithfully this morning um, in the right context, um, the right hermeneutics and the homiletics, and that, Lord, your people are cared for this morning. That your people, Lord, not leaving this place today, saying Crescent is a great preacher, but for them to leave here saying they met with a great God. So, Lord, let them hear you today. Let them, Lord, be consumed by you today in the preaching of your word. So, Lord, we ask you, Lord, to go before us at this time. As um, I preach your word, let me preach it, Lord. Careful, Lord. Let me preach it with integrity. If it's not in your word, it's not in my notes, Lord, and uh, or if not in my, if not in your word, Lord, not, let me not mention it at all, Lord. But Lord, let me preach your word, Lord, and let your word go forward to care for your people at this time. In Christ, let me pray. Amen. 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 Uh, yesterday, um, we were at a uh, trap meet, and you guys know about trap meets can last all day. And. Our kids run track and a couple others in here run track as well. To get into the track meet at this particular high school, the line was pretty long. But for us, my kids had uniform on and Alina, she works at the actual track meet. She helped with Tom's system and 
and she helped with keeping up with uh, different data within the actual track meets. So the kid was able to walk right through the track meet to get in. Well, Alina was able to walk right through. And even for myself, as a coach, I was able to walk right through. We didn't have to wait in line because we had credentials to be able to get through. We were either a player, a coach, or we actually work an event. So we was able to go right in because of our connection to the trap meet. Well, this illustration reminds us of something very similar here what Paul is talking about. It is benefits as well as being a believer. It's a benefit for us being at the trap meet, working the trap meet. We was able to get in free. We have to wait in line. But as a believer, the benefit is this. As once you put your faith in Jesus, there's no condemnation for you. No matter what man may say, no charges they can bring against you that can actually stay and stick forever. If you go, if you go uh, to a courtroom, you have a judge. And a judge lists all these things against you. Does someone step in and say, hey, I committed those crimes, not them. The judge punished this person and the other person is set free. That's the same thing for the Christian. Is that when we put our faith in Christ, Christ took the charges so we can be set free. And Paul right now understand. And the believer. By being a believer in Christ, that you will be forever accepted by Christ. By Christ. Listen to me on this. This is important. As a believer, you will always be accepted by Christ. It's not conditional. You know how some marriages be? I'm going to love her, I'm going to love him, as long as they cook, as long as they do this. I'm going to love my spouse based upon what they do for me. That's conditional. That's not about the same love that Christ has for us. If Christ loves us only when we love him, we would never get Christ right. Because we were dead in our sins. We didn't want him. He loved us, says in Romans 5. For Christ loved us. While we were still sinners, he, he died for us. He loved us when we wasn't seeking after him. That's the good thing about Christ. So Paul is reminding this Roman church. It's okay. That you're in, you're in Christ. And no one can take you away from him. So as we walk through this test today, that's what he's saying today. If you don't understand any of the message today, what Christ is saying here today, for those that believe in me, they are always accepted by me. They will never be cast out. We're going to do it in three points today. The law couldn't, the law couldn't condemn sin, but Jesus condemned sin. The reason why Jesus condemned sin is point number three. So point number one, I don't know how I worked that. The law couldn't condemn sin. I don't know what I mean by that. Jesus' death secured our assurance. It's the total picture in this. He will secure our assurance. Look at point number one, three A. For God has done what the law weakened by the flesh could not do. How the law couldn't condemn sin. 
Paul has given us the reason why there is no condemnation for the believer. The word for helps us transition to the reason we can believe that we would not be condemned as a believer. We need these reasons because we are so quick to be down on ourselves. When we continue doing the things that we have said we will not do anymore, we get frustrated. Can y'all show your hands that you say you're not going to do this anymore? And you get frustrated over and over again. Then you start asking yourself a question, am I truly a believer? I said I wasn't going to look at pornography anymore. I said I wasn't going to cut somebody out anymore. I said I wasn't going to do these things, but these things continue to happen. We start asking ourselves that, hey, I was baptized, but am I truly in Christ? Have you ever been there before? Have you asked yourself that before? I have. And it continues the struggle of the Christian life. We start doubting the Christian walk because of the continued failures over and over. So family, that's you this morning. This message is for you. This message is for me. For those Christians that continue seeking out the Lord, but the flesh is so weak, they want the things in this world. This message is for you. Because the same struggle that you have here today, that in this text we talks about here, it's the same text that Paul struggled with as well. Not only Paul, even in the day of Paul. Paul has seen and heard of the day, today's struggles by him traveling throughout the Asia Minor and all throughout the Greek world. Paul spent time in his churches and dealt with so many different issues. You heard about some of the issues in Corinthians. Some of the issues in, in a way of Acts talks about how some people wasn't cared for. So issues in the church and the struggle of sin has been around a long time. But also Paul even said in his own heart, y'all remember in Romans 7, how Paul wanted to do right, but his flesh wanted him to do wrong. So Paul can relate to the life, the day, the life, the day, the day, life, the struggle of the Christian. So if you're here at Christ Redeemer Church today and you get it all together, you're the only one that we know of in this world besides Christ that get it all together. If you feel like that the battle of the Christian life is not a struggle for you, either two things, you're, all, you're enjoying your sin, or on the other side of this, Either enjoying your sin or you're blinded by your sin. Because the Christian life, it's going to be a battle, the struggle of the flesh every single day. All of us in this room want to be accepted. And so we try to do things to be accepted by this world at times. So the struggle of acceptance, the struggle of identity, Family, this is a struggle that will always be here until Christ returns and gives us our new body. So nobody in this room have gotten to the point that way we over here, up here above everybody else. We might look good to come to church, right? Smiling up like we got it all together. But family, we don't. Every day is a fight, it's a fight, it's a fight. 
And that's why I tell us in Revelation and, and with the churches in three, chapter two, three, and four, whoever's going to come to the end. Who's going to fight every single day for the glory of God? So Paul talks about this in Romans 7 of the struggle of Christian life. And what Paul responds about himself, he responds to this in Romans 7, verse 24. He shouts this out. Wretched man that I am, who would deliver me from this body? Of this battle, or this back and forth fight in the Christian life. One day I do good, one day I do wrong. One day I do good, one day I do wrong. Wretched man that I am, who's going to deliver me from this body of death? Paul responds in verse 25 in Romans 7. He raises, I don't know if he raises his hand, but it seemed like one of them texts, he just raises his hand and waved it like them sisters. Thanks be to God, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Paul responds to the midst of the back and back struggle in the Christian life. Thanks be to God and our Lord. Because he's the Lord of all things. Thanks be to God because Jesus was raised from the grave and victorious. He thanks God. So Paul's flesh is against the things of God, but his spirit is for the things of God. So Paul thanks Jesus for what Jesus has done. There's no way we can be saved apart from Jesus. So Paul thanks Jesus for what Jesus has done. That Jesus saved us when we couldn't save ourselves. There was no hope for us until only God came down and took upon flesh. And he lived the life that we didn't live. He took upon the sins of these sinful people. Placed on himself. He would die and crucify. He was crucified and died. Then he would raise back up and new to the life. And for those that believe in him, their sins are placed on him. And he has given them his righteousness. So family, Paul said, thanks be to God. In the midst of the battle, the back and forth battle, that it is hope for us because Jesus came. It is hope for us because Jesus came. And Jesus only came. He gave us a new spirit. Just give us a new spirit by overpowering the old spirit in us and giving us a new spirit. Even though we still have our old flesh, the new spirit in us now, it points us to do good. So Paul in Romans 8, 3, 8 says this. Paul reminds us again that thanks be to God because God has done what the law cannot do. The law couldn't save us. The law wasn't enough to save us. The law was here to show us our sin, to show us our heart. For us to think we got it all together, look at the Ten Commandments. The Ten Commandments lets us see that we needed a Savior. No one can keep the commandments fully. No one but Christ. So the Ten Commandments wasn't here to save us. The Ten Commandments came here to show us that we need a Savior. So the Ten Commandments wasn't enough to save us. But it pointed us to a Savior, that we need a Savior. The law shows our hearts, but it couldn't bring redemption. God gave salvation. 
The law gave us condemnation. The law gave condemnation. God gave salvation. Which one do you want? If you want the law and feel like, well, let me keep the law in. Let me come to church with my nose up like I got it all together and I'm going to keep all the law and work myself to God. You will be condemned. But if you go to God, He gives salvation. Since we're not under the law, we don't have to worry about going back under the law. It has always been fulfilled in Christ. Christ has fulfilled the law for us. Why are we going back trying to keep the law to be saved? The law showed us our condemnation. So the law couldn't condemn sin. The law exposed sin in us. Point number two. But Jesus condemned sin. By sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh and sinful and for man sin, he condemned sin in the flesh. God sends his only son, Jesus, who existed in eternity past, who took upon flesh just like man. The flesh that was passed down from the first man that was Adam. Adam, got Eve, Cain, and Abel. All the way down, we see the lineage of mankind, rebellion, and sin towards God. But Jesus comes to the same world. Jesus has flesh look like the rest of everybody else's flesh. Jesus has his flesh. Everybody see him. He's just like, like a regular man. But he also is the God man. So Jesus comes in the likeness of sinful flesh. Jesus wasn't sinful. His flesh wasn't sinful because he was born in the Virgin Mary. But Jesus lived a life. Tempted in the same way we were tempted. The same way things that came to us came to Jesus. But Jesus never sinned. But he has, he was seen at every moment of his life, ready, ready to give his life for simple man. We know this by 2 Corinthians 5 21. For our sake, he made him to be sin who knew no sin, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. He didn't know any sin. He didn't have sin, but he was able to take upon sins so we could have a righteousness of life. I've got, I had a righteousness of God. That's not enough. Colossians 1.19. For he, in him, all the footings of God were pleased to dwell, and through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether on earth or in heaven, making peace by the blood of his cross. In you, who once were alienated and hostile in mind, doing evil deeds. He has now reconciled in his body of flesh by his death in order to present you holy, blameless, and above reproach before him, if indeed you continue in the faith, stable and steadfast, not shifting from the hope of the gospel that you heard, which has been proclaimed in all creation under heaven, and of which our Paul became a minister. So family, 
Jesus didn't sin, but he became a sinner so we could be made righteous. He took the sin that didn't belong to him, but belonged to us. And he placed it on himself for him to be punished so we can have everlasting life. So God made his son to be sin. It was the grace of the father and the servant heart of the son. The father knew we needed a savior and Jesus knew he was the only savior. The father gave his son and the son served his father waiting to give his life for our redemption to be secure. By Jesus being perfect, he was able to be the perfect sacrifice ultimately to condemn sin. Sin. There's no other human can do it but Jesus. Because he was not only human, he was 100% God, 100% man. Man. And for those that believe in Jesus, sins are condemned as well. As well. Their sins are forgiven. Acts 13, 38. Let it be known to you, therefore, brothers, that through this man, forgiveness of sin is proclaimed to you. And by him, everyone who believes is free from everything from which you could not be free by the law of Moses. It goes on and tells us in Galatians, well, I mean Hebrews 8, Hebrews chapter 8, Hebrews chapter 10, verse 8. When he said above, you have neither desire nor taken pleasure in sacrifice offerings and burnt offerings and sin offerings, these are, these are offered according to the law. Then he added, Behold, I have come to do your will. He does away with the first in order to establish the second. And by that will, we have been sanctified through the offering of the body of Jesus Christ once for all. Jesus sacrificed so we won't be sacrificed. Once and for all. Family, what they say, it's a wrap. It's a wrap. It's done. It's paid for. Your past sin, your present sin, your future sin is paid for. I'm not going to manipulate you in this text. Well, Creston, you might be, you need to be saying anything. They can take advantage of this and go ahead and live in sin. And, and they feel like they live in sin and still go to heaven. I got to preach the word. That's not what it's talking about here today. What it's talking about here today, no matter how much you're sinning, there's so much grace for you. That's what it says in the text today. It will be another text that talks about for those that continue sin, there will be no more savings for you. It talks about that somewhere else. But in the text right here, it tells us that for those that are struggling in sin that are true believers, you will not be condemned. For those that are true believers. You will always be in Christ. And no one can take you away from Christ no matter what. I'm not encouraging you to continue in sin. I'm encouraging you to remind there's a Savior for those who struggle with sin. So Christ, Jesus condemned sin. If Christ has already condemned sin and took upon the sin, family for us as believers, sin, we would not be judged by sin again. It's not like this, what's it called, double jeopardy? How does that work? You get, like, things happen twice, right? Well, in the Christian life, the sins is already paid for, mom. 
It's already paid for. If Jesus got to pay for our sins again, that being the first time he paid for, it wasn't in full. That's good. But if we pay for in full, our sins are truly paid for. So children, adults in this room that are steady trying to fight their sins and feeling like there's no way to get out of this, don't let sin consume you. Don't let it guilt you. Don't let sin cause your mind to forget what God's word has said here. But for those that are in Christ, our sins are already paid for. And as we end here, Paul gives us a reason why. The reason why Jesus condemned sin. What was the reason for all this? He tells us here. In order that, in verse 4, in order that the righteous requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us, who walk not according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. Now Paul ends with today's, with the reason for Jesus doing all this for the believer. So that the will, uh, so the, the, the will of the Father, the fulfillment of the law, may be complete. Not by our own strength, but the worst of another. As a believer walking in the spirit, they fulfill the requirements of the law. If they walk according to the spirit and not according to the flesh, but walking in the spirit, we do very thing that the law requires. That's why Galatians 5, 16 tells us, Miss Bree Love, it tells us this. But I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. The fruit of the Spirit, in Galatians 5. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control against such things there is no law. And those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with his passions and desires. If we live by the Spirit, let us also keep in step with the Spirit. As we love one another through the Spirit, we actually become law keepers. Think about the Ten Commandments. By loving one another, what commandment can we break? Thou shalt not steal. If you love someone, you won't steal from them. Thou shalt not commit adultery. If you love your neighbor, you won't commit adultery. Thou shalt not put no other God before me. If you love the Lord first, you won't idolize and put them before God. By loving God and loving neighbor, the law is fulfilled. Think about it. All the Ten Commandments that are broken for us, not loving God, not loving neighbor. That's why the first, first four commandments are the Ten Commandments. The first four deal with loving God, and the last six deals with loving neighbor. How we love each other. And how we love God. So now, Paul gives us a reason for this. By Christ coming and dying, he gives us his spirit. By giving us his spirit, his spirit is one of God's us to love God and love neighbor. And by the spirit given to us, now 
we are able to be law-abiding citizens. Not because of what we have done, because of the spirit now that is in us. It leads us to keep the law now. So what the spirit is doing in us, it can't be overturned. Or stopped by the devil or do our flesh. Everybody says, stump the, I mean, everybody be saying, stump the devil out, the devil is this, the devil is this. The devil does not have power over the spirit. The devil is so limited. But the spirit of God that is in us will always be in us. It will never be taken away from us. And the spirit is reminding us that the flesh power is weak. The flesh does not have power over the spirit. The spirit is going to continue to make us more like Christ. The reason we are not condemned when we fall short of the believer is because the spirit is in us and the spirit will never be condemned. The reason we're not condemned because the spirit is not condemned. Does that make sense? By us having the spirit in us, how can we be condemned? The spirit of God, the triune God that's actually created the world, that's actually holding things together, that's in us, the spirit will never be condemned. So how can we dare be condemned? We can't be condemned because God has given us his spirit. That's a reminder here in this text. There, now there is no condemnation. Why is there no condemnation? Because he has the spirit in us. For those that struggle with sin, as you're a believer, if you have a spirit in you, you will never be condemned. Not the worldly things can take you away from this. The worldly things cannot condemn you if you have a true spirit in you. And the one of the words of the spirit that is in you is making you more like Jesus. So this text right here is encouraging for people that struggle with depression. The struggle with anxiety, struggle with the battle. The spirit is in you. You will always be in Christ. No matter how much you struggle, Christ is there with you. And by Christ being there with you, Christ is going to conform you to the image of his son. So Chris is here. We've got to be patient. Some of us grow faster than others. Some of us might take a little bit longer than putting things down, right? Some of us might can stop things right then and say, hey, I'm not going to drink alcohol anymore the rest of my life. Some of it might take years. Some of us say, I'm not going to look at pornography anymore, and they stop right then. They're never going to look at it again. And some... It might take a little bit of time. So Christians, let us not be hard on others around you. You never know everybody's story. The reason why you might have got to where you got a lot quicker, not because of your own strength, it's because the Spirit of God guides you to get there. And how the Spirit works, the Spirit works through us all differently, at different rates, at different pace. So Christian in his room, let us encourage one another. Let us build one another up. Let us be long-suffering to those around you. Because again, the reason why we're where we at is because of what God has done for us. And he's going to do the same thing for the other believers that are sitting beside you. 
that are all around you, that are your coworkers in your community. Y'all growing them all the different ways. So for what you're here for, to encourage them to trust the spirit. Let me end with a couple of applications. When comparing yourself to the law, it will tell you daily, unrighteous. You're unrighteous, you're unrighteous, you're unrighteous. Then it may lead you to question your salvation. But ask yourself in those moments, what did Christ accomplish? He redeemed me from my sins. Christ is the true redeemer. So when your flesh try to condemn you, remind yourself who Christ is. He has redeemed me. He has saved me from all of my brokenness. And I can trust him. Second thing to encourage you on this, remember that Jesus died for sin so we can never be condemned because Jesus was already condemned. Someone had already paid for our sins. Remember, as your sin tried to tell you the guilt that was in, your sin tried to tell you this and this, you can look and see him there the one that paid for all of my sins. So let the world say all these things about you. But look to that Savior in heaven. Christ has redeemed me from my sins. Third thing, I also remember that we can't be condemned because the Spirit can't be condemned. The Spirit is in us. Remember, the Spirit is in us. The fourth thing, the last application here, for those that are non-believers or those that are um, that's just enjoying their sins, there's not another Savior for you. There's not another Savior for you. It's a difference from somebody fighting their sins every day and struggling, and if somebody is enjoying it, I'm going to go ahead and do it, and I ask God forgiveness. I, this, is not, this is not the same as the test today. The test today is for Christians that are fighting and fighting. Yes, the Lord, I messed up. They are fighting the sin. For somebody that's enjoying their sins, this is different what the test is talking about today. It is combination for those that are not fighting their sins, those that are having fun, kicking it, turning up. Just enjoying their sins, there's not another second for you. That you will be condemned, you will be punished, and you will see every absent of hell forevermore. That is true. So for those in this room that are enjoying your sins, this test right here today, this test right here wasn't for you today. It was for the believers that are fighting the sins. But what is for you today is to turn in repentance and put your faith in Jesus. And I would love to hear repentance. I would love to hear and actually share with you what does it mean to follow Jesus today. There is a Savior that can save. But for those that are truly believing and fighting the sins, your security is in Jesus. You can smile. You can look to that. As what man may say, you don't have to hold on to it. You can hold on to what Jesus says. Let us pray.